We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, IB Nation? It is Saturday, mm-hmm. and we got a special edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast for you. I'm Vince D'Addario. That's Brian Driscoll. There's been, well, there's been a lot going on this week, <laughs> and normally we do our kind of our depth chart breakdown on Tuesdays, and that's, you know, Brian and I are on Tuesday. We do our depth chart breakdown. We were going to do the corners uh, this week, and... Then they, Brian was going to do the corners with Sean on Thursday. So we had commit, we had a double commitment show on Tuesday. And then Jack Swarbrick decided that they were going to announce the, his that was, succession program. It was very rude. Yeah, very right. rude and inconsiderate of, of Jack not to call us first and ask us what our show topic was going to be about. Seriously. You know, he, just, just inconsiderate, he, yeah. really. I know, I mean, very much. What so. it is. But I think yeah. maybe he was like, well, I didn't want to do it on the day of your mailbag. You know, Fair. so, you know, that, uh, you know, okay, I'll let it slide this once. I'll let it slide <laughs> right. this once. So we've got our depth chart breakdown of the corners today. And then we'll try to get back pending, you know, breaking news and mm-hmm. commitments. And I don't know, Father Jenkins stepping down or something. <laughs> you know, I, obviously that's a joke. That's not happening. Kind <laughs> of. It's it's going to happen sooner I mean, rather than well, later. Eventually, I mean. But uh, we're not going to next week. So, um <laughs> But uh, but anyway, so we're going to get back to our normal schedule. We will have another depth chart breakdown on Tuesday. Brian and I will be here for that, uh, and then we'll get back into the normal deal. So, And we're going to go offense, defense, offense, defense, right. offense, defense. Uh, so obviously we did quarterbacks the first week. We did corners right. this week. Uh, what do we have on the docket next week, Vince? I think receivers is probably where I'm going to want to switch it to, even if we good. don't have it scheduled. But uh, I don't think we I, have it I, scheduled. We're just definitely one I want to talk about sooner rather than later because of a lot of the conversations that are happening uh, right. about the Notre Dame wide receivers and some of the misconceptions and things along those lines. And then, of course, we'll have a mailbag at the end of today. So, of course, of course, rock and roll, man. So, if you have mailbag questions, make sure you put the MB in front of it. That way, we can kind of tell what it is we can get it starred when i by we i mean brian um and we can make that happen so we're ready to go for the mailbag at the end but without further ado let's jump into brian one of the stronger position groups from top to bottom i would say 
uh, on this team, especially on the defense, and that is the cornerback position. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You know, it, it's very interesting, Vince, when you look at position groups and how they somewhat are cyclical on how strengths become weaknesses, weaknesses become strengths, and then everything in between. And it wasn't that long ago I was looking at cornerback and running back, and it's just like, man, I just – I don't know, man, about these positions. Boy, I tell you <laughs> right. what, they haven't recruited these positions well. And I mean, 2018, you're talking about those are two of your strengths as a football team, and then by 2020, they're – they're two of your biggest question marks. I mean, it, it can happen really fast. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how important getting like one recruitment right can do for your program. If if I my, if Mike Mickens and Marcus Freeman and I and you were not correct about Benjamin Morrison, that was the only difference. We're having a different conversation right sure. now. Oh, absolutely. And it's still, oh, it's it's it, you know, if the national analysts were right about him, he's still a good solid player, you know, four star, top 350 kind of guy. You know, I mean, whatever. That's that's not terrible by any stretch, but we're not sitting there talking about how you know Notre Dame has a chance to to have the best cornerback tandem in college football. And then the other cornerback is a guy that they recruited to play a different position. And how that's impacted it. Now you're starting to see the cornerback recruiting start to pick up even more. And you say, boy, this this position that two years ago was a strength. Now a guy that started for you at cornerback in the college football playoff in 2020 is a guy that is just battling to be a backup at this point in time mm-hmm. on this yeah. roster. And and where is he going to be a backup? And it just goes show how, how goes to show how quickly they've 
they've been able to fix it. But it also goes to show that how important sort of a big picture point, Vince, is how important recruiting and coaching is to a position, how quickly a position can go from a strength, a, a weakness to a strength, simply because a, you hired a guy who's one of the best at his in the business at coaching his position and B a guy that knows how to identify talent and then recruit talent and doesn't care about who you think is a five-star, who you think is a five-star, right. who That's you key. think is a five-star. It's yeah. who I think is a five-star. Right. And you look at his recent track record of identifying guys like Kobe Bryant, Ahmad Gardner, Benjamin Morrison, and, and you're just like, boy, this guy knows what he's doing, and it just shows how quickly the right hire can completely change a position group for the, for the better and for worse. Most and for I think sure. cornerback is completely <clears throat> indicative of that, of, of how – hiring Mike Mickens by and look who did that Brian Kelly did that right mm-hmm. this is Marcus Freeman hire Marcus Freeman kept him and, and let's be honest if Marcus Freeman if Brian, Mike Mickens never came to Notre Dame before Marcus Freeman was hired he would have hired him as his corner oh for sure for sure but that was a hire a Brian Kelly hire it's one of the leftover hires from yeah. the Brian Kelly tenure that has worked out tremendously well so kudos to coach uh, Kelly who coached Mike Mickens at Cincinnati obviously mm-hmm. But that one has really changed, Vince. And so we're going to talk a lot about the talent today. But it was very important at the beginning to talk about the job that Mike Mickens done is in completely because like I feel like he got a lot of flack this time last year. He's got a lot to prove. And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think you guys understand how hard it was to have it or how challenging it was and how good of a coaching job he had to do to get the cornerback room in 2020 good enough to play for a team to win play for a championship. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the, you know, the Marcus Freeman, Mike Mickens connection and and then the Brian Kelly, Mike Mickens connection and all that. I wonder, and this is more of a hypothetical wondering, right? But I wonder, you know, we had the whole, you know, when, when Marcus Freeman was a free agent, everybody knew he was leaving Cincinnati. Was it going to be LSU? Was it going to be Notre Dame? There was a Mike Mickens piece of that puzzle, right? And I wonder, and I know, you know, they opened up the bank and they, you know, backed up the Brinks truck and they, you know, did all of the things to get Marcus Freeman to come to Notre Dame. And I, and I get all of that and, and I appreciate all of that. I wonder what percentage Mike Mickens had to do with Marcus Freeman coming to Notre Dame. Cause I know that had, I mean, that had to be part of the decision-making process. I, I'm sure in, in the list of secondary categories, it, right. it played a role. And I do sure. know that there were conversations between them about what it was like being in Notre Dame. And so I think I think that had to have been right. That played yeah. a bigger role than okay, Mick is there. Let me. Well, just like his entire yeah. experience and what it's like. Exactly. And, and he yeah. trusts sure. his opinion, obviously. Sure. And so, like, I wonder if he wasn't there as like a sounding board for what is Notre Dame. Sure. Like, if that would have made a difference in Marcus Freeman's decision. Yeah. That's I mean, all. Yeah. It's it's definitely something to consider. It, like it I said, really it's a is. hypothetical. I mean, yeah. none, neither it one really of us is. really know the answer, but but the I good news like is they're both here. Right. And they're both still here. Absolutely. And Mike Mickens is isn't he's now also the pass game coordinator, which was something that kind of happened this offseason to help him uh, get a little bit of a of a pay raise. But uh, this is one of those coaches that you look at and say, whenever we talk about why it's important, why coaching matters, yeah, this is. I mean, we, we've we always had kind of the Harry Heastan example, but you're like, yeah, but that's offensive line, except, but. N- in the last couple of years, we've now had multiple examples. I mean, look what Chancey stuck. Look at the, oh what a difference a year makes. Oh, and when we, you know, a year ago, we don't know recruiting is is finally getting going, but we don't know how good of a coach it's going to be, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, a fast forward a year, year and a half, and all of a sudden, Notre Dame is sitting here with an absolutely loaded 
receiver room for the future. And, you know, the receiving core is expected, in my opinion, to be a lot better. And it all because sure. of what? Because of a coaching change. Mm-hmm. Cornerback. And, and not that Todd Light did a bad job. It's just he was he was still he was kind of a new coach to this whole thing as well. And and you know, he was he helped with Troy Pride and Julian Love and all that, but it just it was kind of like there had gone through a period where there were some issues from a coaching staff standpoint. You're not getting the help from the head coach or defensive coordinator had kind of you know, wasn't as as active as a recruiter as the previous defensive coordinators, all these different things. And it just sure. kind of left you in a, in a tough spot. You go out and you hire Mike Mickens, and he has to kind of deal with the consequences of those things for a couple of years. And you have to go out and get a Nick McLeod because you don't get a Nick McLeod, your 2020 oh, cornerback room is a mess. He's top three of all right. time transfers at Notre right. Dame. And it's a guy that went undrafted, right? right? I mean, so then you come out in 2021 and you've got your issues there. And then 22, it starts to finally take a step forward. And now, we're sitting here reading preseason football magazines with the Notre Dame secondary in the top 10. Yeah. And it's not because of the safeties. Right. right. And so it has certainly come a long way. Mike Mickens deserves a ton of credit for that. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly, we'll, we'll, <laughs> I love the Ohio state fan in the chat talking about how the Ohio state secondary coach deserves credit. Okay. Okay. Guy, let's just chill out a little bit. All right. <laughs> uh, Sauce Gardner was a All-American as a true freshman before the current Ohio State coach ever showed up at Cincinnati to replace him. Let's pump the brakes on on this uh, Ohio State spin here. This is a Notre Dame channel, okay? Mike Mickens recruited him. Mike Mitch- Mickens coached him to an All-American status before that dude ever showed up. All right, so let's uh, let's let's chill out a little bit on that action. Uh, and now he's at Notre Dame. He coached Mike. He coached he coaches Benjamin Morrison to another freshman All-American honor. And now it's about taking their games to the next level because as sure. we transition into sort of talking about this one-two punch a cornerback, the reality is, Vince, it was a very good duo last year. Both players had moments of brilliance. Both players had moments where, okay, you got to be better than that. And I think that's going to be the task for them as players, but also for Mike Mickens to say, how do we get this to the next level? Morrison, you can't rest on your laurels. You are a freshman All-American, not an All-American, right? Hey, Cam, you had moments where you were brilliant. How do we get to the next step? And that right there, Vince, is going to be what determines just how good this duo is going to be. It's not – don't – if you repeat last year, you're good. You're good. But you're not great. But you're not great. You're not anchoring the defense. That's the difference. Right. It's about building. That's going to be the key. So let's let's talk about the projected starters. We'll gonna, we'll kind of work our way through the depth chart. We'll start at the top, obviously. And <clears throat> as you said, Lindy's magazine has the Notre Dame secondary sixth out of ten uh, of secondaries that they've highlighted. You know, top to bottom. Some of them are a little suspect, in my opinion. But that's a conversation for another day. The fact that Notre Dame is even mentioned has everything to do with Notre Dame's corners, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The starters, the projected starters. We've got Cam Hart. He's a fifth-year senior. Uh, I believe he's a junior in eligibility, which is crazy. So he could actually come back for another year, which is nuts all by itself. And then you've got Benjamin Morrison, who's an All-American, our freshman All-American, coming back, solidified that starting position. So these are the two guys we're going to talk about. Let's give the uh, fifth-year senior his due credit. We'll talk about him first. Always been a huge Cam Hart fan. I think that, you know, obviously the injury bug has plagued him. I am. He was a he was a candidate to leave after last year. I mean, he could have left. I think that he made the right decision, obviously, to come back. One of the things that we heard as to the reason that he's coming back is he thinks more balls are going to come his way because of the season that Benjamin Morrison had last year. I love that attitude. I I love that attitude. He's like, 
I need to prove to everybody that I am the guy. I can be the guy. I can be the leader of the secondary. And I can obviously also, in the meantime, up my draft status and all of those things. But he's got a lot of confidence in who he is. And I love that about Cam Hart. Well, and, and the injury obviously helped as well. I mean, that, that played a role as well in, in his decision. But I think it's also something where he needs it from a developing his game standpoint. I mean, that's the other part sure. of it, too, is I, I realize he could um, he could go to – he could go to um, the NFL and maybe go somewhere and, and do some different things. But the reality is, is his game still needs work and his game still needs to, to see improvement in a lot of different areas. And so when I, when I look at it, Vince, it's one of those things where with cam, you, you, you like normally fit, put it like this, normally fifth year seniors, Mm-hmm. Don't see like big jumps. It's like, okay, it's like some little minor tweaks. But the, the difference between uh, between him and most fifth-year seniors is the fact that he didn't play cornerback for most of, you know, for early part of his career. He played receiver right. as a freshman. Then, of course, his, his first full-year cornerback is the COVID year where you missed the entire offseason. Sure. And so he is still learning from a lot of those different aspects of it. And those are going to be things um, – um, that you look at and say, "Hey, this guy, this guy is a a chance to be a big time player." Here's the question: What becomes the more common aspect of it? Is it the misplaying of routes, getting grabby against Ohio State when he didn't need to, uh, missing assignments against North Carolina, some of those things, or is it the guy that in the second half of the year was just a complete lockdown cornerback? Right. Those are the things that we're going to have to figure out and. And say, hey, which one can you can you be mm-hmm. um, this season? And and I think those are the things that um, you look at and say, hey, look, what what like when you look at Cam Vince, it's just one of those things where where it's he's kind of a bit of an enigma, right? Mm-hmm. Because he gets overlooked for a lot of ways because, and part of it is because he has those just wow what were you thinking there cam you know what i mean like that was just that's not you and they kind of and, and, and troy pride was like this to a degree he would have that one or two plays a game where you're like oh dude and that's all the people that watch on tv that's all they see. ever saw yeah right and they don't see like this dude was like putting on clamps clamps on mm-hmm. people so i nobody ever threw his direction right like that People need it's to like, understand. Why do you think that? people kept throwing like, at Benjamin Morrison? Right, right. I mean, he it's was the because... lesser two evils on that. It's like, right. yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but but that's the thing is like Cam's got to be that guy all the time. Now, here's what Cam has: supreme confidence in himself. Yep. Exceptional athleticism. Mm-hmm. I, I, from what I've been told by pe- sources at Notre Dame, he's a consistent four four runner. You hear other players talk about fastest guys on the team. They always talk about him as one of those guys, you know, and we, and, and I still remember the Florida state game. Remember when that running back broke free and like Kyle Hamilton's in chase mode. And then Cam Hart goes like, whoop, like just, <laughs> just sprints by Kyle Hamilton. Right. Like that should have been key. Number one, that the people that told us he was running a four, three, his, his agent people and the people he was working at were like, oh, he's a four, three. We're like, well, then Cam Hart's a four, one, nine. If that's true. <laughs> just watch <laughs> so, the film, baby. Yeah. But I mean, look, he's long, he's fluid, he's, you know, for his size, he's fluid, he can change sure. direction well. It's just about improving his game. And so that's the thing we'll talk about is what are the areas that Cam needs to improve his game? 
number one, he needs to – not only does his, his technique's actually not that bad, I don't think he all trusts his technique as much as he needs to. And I think that's why at times, especially the first five, six games, he get grabby at the top of routes. We saw this against Ohio State. When they were thrown at him deep, they do an incomplete once and then had a pass interference. And the, and the thing is, like, he would kind of start grabbing at him instead of just running. It's like, dude, you're as fast as they are. Just run. You've got right. length. That's a guy that doesn't trust his technique for two reasons. One is just still not fully bought in. But the other two th- things, Vince, is he's dealing with a hamstring injury. And I don't think in that game he trusted his body. But even if you go watch the Stanford game, there were times you're just like, dude, why are you why are you reacting that way at the top end of that route? Like, that guy's not going to beat you. Trust your technique more. The more he did that second half of the year, the better he was. That's going to be a big part of it. And that was something that was interesting at one of the practices we were at, Vince. They were out there. The cornerbacks were out there. And Mickens had them wearing oven mitts in practice. Really? Seriously. That. He had them wearing it was the It was the second full open period. I don't think you were able to be at that yeah. one. But they were literally out there with black oven mitts on, going in one-on-ones and going through routes with receivers. I love that. Because it's like, I don't stop grabbing, right? Trust your technique, trust your feet, trust your hand placement, trust the angle, trust leverage, all those different things. Use your hands because in coverage, you want to use your forearms, not your hands, right? Because your hands will get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. Use your forearms more so, but then use your hands. And when you use your hands, which using your hands is important as well, but you got to know when to use them. Don't grab. Right. And so that's, again, that's to me, that's smart coaching. And, and I know other really good defensive back coaches do that as well. But with Cam, that's the biggest thing, Vince, beyond, I mean, okay, stay healthy. All right, move on. Well, sure. You know yeah, that. Right. But when it comes to it, it's just that consistency of, of technique. I thought his focus early in the season last year also got a little bit wonky at times. And I think that's because he put a lot of pressure on himself to go out there and be the dude. Sure. And I think that's when Benjamin Morrison really started to thrive. I think that is when Cam started to thrive because he realized, like, dude, I don't have to do this all by myself. Right. right? Like, like, and I think that's a big re- part of the reason he came back. So it's just the consistency of focus. I don't question his effort, ever question his effort. Consistency with from a technical standpoint, but then just trusting yourself, trusting your coaching, and trusting your technique. That's the difference between Cam Hart being a really good player at times and one of the best cornerbacks in college football. And see the the trusting of the technique and is different than just being confident, right? Because in the moment, in the moment, you have to be able to trust what your body is doing. You have to trust your technique, and it has nothing to do with being confident, right? You can be confident going into a game and not trust your technique, right? Those are kind of two different things. I wanted to clarify that, and then also that is kind of to be expected since he came to Notre Dame as a wide receiver, and he's been learning pretty much on the go how to be. A corner and he's developed into arguably one of the best corners on the team and in the country right as long as he is consistent and so I'm not overly surprised that you know there there's a lack of trust in his technique and some things like that in the moment because he's still fresh like it it's still fresh and new for him to be working at this level and to be doing what he's doing and Considering that he is who he is at this point from where he's come from when he stepped foot at Notre Dame's campus, I think he's made huge leaps. And I think that he's in a great position. But this year is all about, okay, you've had your time, you've learned, you have your technique. Now it's time to trust your technique in the biggest moments. Can he do that? 
that's a huge question mark right now, right? And and it's not one that I don't think is going to get answered because I do think it's going to get answered. I think it's going to get answered in a positive way, but that's where we are right now, right? I mean, we need to see empirical evidence that he can go an entire season trusting his technique and being that dude. Because if that is the case, if you're an offense, you pick your poison. Are, are you going to go towards Cam Hart, who's been this consistent big body guy, you know, lockdown corner, or are you going to go to Benjamin Morrison, who's the freshman All American, and all he does is pick balls off? Like, pick your poison, folks. And as a Notre Dame fan, as an analyst, you're like, you just kind of sit back and you're like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll make a statement that a lot of people might not agree with. If you look at the entirety of the season, Cam Hart was their best cornerback last year for the entirety of the season. Now, Benjamin made his 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 presence felt immediately. For he sure. had a big pass breakup against Ohio State. He was very good in coverage against Ohio State. And I'm, I'm, I think we talked – I know you and I at least talked about this, but I'm pretty sure we talked about this after the game about, hey, looks like we might be right about that dude. You know what <laughs> I mean? Right. You know, but he had he had his he, you know he gave up his completions. He gave up a big play against Cal. He gave up a touchdown against Syracuse. You know, he had he had his moments in, in early in the season as well. Now, by the end of the year, he was their most impactful corner. But that was again partly why, like we think of the Clemson game, right? And Benjamin Morrison was brilliant in that game. But we forget who made the first two big plays of that game on the very first. Who set the tone for the defense on the first like what two plays of the game? It was Cam Hart just blowing up a perimeter on the perimeter RPOs, oh, just blowing yeah. up RPOs. And he made a tackle for loss, and he got held on another because he beat the guy so bad he held him, and it just completely took all the wind out of Clemson's sails, right? So for a good chunk of the year, Benjamin Morrison was not their best cornerback. Cam Hart was. Now the key for that is, okay, Cam, can you be that guy week after week after week? That's right. going to be the big question for Cam Hart. Yep, and if he can, yep. and if he can stay healthy, it's going to be one of those situations where he's not the compliment to Benjamin Morrison. Benjamin Morrison's not the compliment to him. They are like like Cincinnati had, you know, with the with the guys that Mike Mickens recruited, you know, where you 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 don't really have a choice. Hey, maybe you might want to try throwing at our safeties today because you ain't doing right. this right. against our corners and and that and that and the freedom that that could give Al Golden. And and the the ability to to be more aggressive and take more chances because you have corners that can can hold their own against anybody on the perimeter, that's going to be the key. And so you're you know we expect them to be that nine out of ten games. The question is going to be can they play like one of the best corner tandems in the country against the Buckeyes? Right. Can they do it against Duke? Can they do it against USC? Can they do it against Clemson? You know, those are the games where we're going to really find out if these guys are among the best in the country or if they're just better than most of the people that they play. Sure. Those are going to be the games that determine that. And Cam's Cam's going to play a huge role in that because he just – the way that some of these teams play, the field guy's just going to naturally get tested more because of the the quick game, the perimeter screen games, things like that, and he's going to have to be a force. And, and that's, where the, that's where his game really took off last year, Vince, is he was very good in perimeter run and and screen support that that was that was one of the strengths of his games from the from day one now it's about being yeah. more consistent in coverage that's yeah, he's not that's afraid really to stick his nose in he's never he's never been afraid to stick his nose in and yeah. you know he's a very willing tackler and yeah you know that is a it's a godsend from a, from the cornerback position because that's not always the case right i mean especially in college football 
you, you need a corner that's willing to stick his nose in there and, and at the very, 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 very least funnel everything back to the inside, if yeah. not make the play yourself, right? You have to be willing to do that. So uh, that's always been a big plus for Cam Hart and something that mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed watching him do, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. And Kind of a transition. Let's talk about the other side of things. You, you've got a returning freshman All-American, Benjamin Morrison, obviously getting a lot of love in the preseason by a lot of different publications. Deservedly so, sure. obviously. And we just got done talking about Cam Hart sticking his nose in there. Nobody sticks their nose in there better than Benjamin Morrison. He didn't quite have the rear end to take some of those shots, it sure. felt like, as a freshman. But uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see kind of his maturation process in the weight room and all of that sure. as he sticks his nose in there as well. Yeah. I mean, he, look, he's willing, he's a willing tackler, right? That's the right. key. He's yep. a willing tackler and he was strong for a freshman. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. But he's going to have to get stronger, but look where Benjamin, Benjamin Morrison wasn't a freshman all American because he's a willing tackler. He was a freshman all American because he's excellent in coverage. And, and a lot of times Vince, when a guy has a lot of interceptions, it can, it can kind of mask a guy that maybe wasn't that good in other positions in other areas. Like I, yeah, he, you know, he, he made a lot of interceptions because people kept picking on him because he's not that good. His numbers don't reflect that, and and we've talked about this in the past. I mean, his numbers are outstanding, and no matter how you how you slice it, right? I mean, when you look at when you look at him and Cam Hart last year, and and you look at their numbers, right? And so, what what do we always say? Pro Football Focus, ignore their grades. Look at their look at their data. Yes. Their data is excellent. Data good, grade bad. Yes, yes. And so when you look at when you look at uh, you know, the, the two, you know, Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison last year, you know, Cam Hart allowed opponents to complete 50% of their passes. That's it. 22 of 44 for 240 yards. And then Benjamin Morrison got thrown at 51 times and also allowed 22 completions for a 43.1% completion rate. Now, uh, one, he gave up one touchdown all year. That's it. And he did that against, uh, if you remember, against Syracuse. And talking to people at Notre Dame, that was on them. They told him to play that route wrong. And and so he he's backpedaling and Ronde Gadsden just beats him easily inside on a post. Well, you know, that that that's still a touchdown given up on him. Sure. And that was the only one he gave up all year. And so he had six interceptions, I think four pass breakups, and a and gave up one touchdown. And he had as many touchdowns as he allowed, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> that's a good right? point. Even so, now. he got that touchdown back last year against Clemson, and so I think the thing for Benjamin is it's obviously get stronger. That's going to be a, that's going to help him a ton because I think when you look at wh- when did he get beat last year? A couple times he got beat vertically because he got out muscled for the ball. A guy kind of shoved him off the route and and outplayed him for the football. It's because he was that's eighteen, when, right? <laughs> I mean, and and so that's going to be a key for him is, is yeah. just being that, and then also just being more consistent with his technique. And then the 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 only thing that I'm really concerned about Benjamin Morrison is, and this is this is I don't know him, so I, I don't. This is a concern for this isn't personal about Benjamin Morrison. This isn't. I know this kid, and he's. He, I'm really worried about this. This is true of any kid that has a tremendous success as a freshman. Do you rest on your laurels, or do you say, okay, I was a freshman All American next year? but I want more next year. Right. And and we're going to find out what kind of attitude he has in that regard. And and so that's really my big question for Benjamin. Get stronger, play the deep ball uh, all year like you did late, right? I mean, late in the year he played the deep ball much better than he did early in the middle of the year. You know, play the deep ball better, be more physical when you need to be, but mm-hmm. also stay hungry. Stay keep something to prove. 
That's going to be the key. Yeah. And and so the tools are clearly there, Vince. We know this. It's just going to be about can he take his game to the next level? But at the very minimum, I just need him to repeat what he did last year. Right. Like right. the only thing that we really need from Benjamin Morrison is just don't have a sophomore slump. Don't regress. If he yeah. doesn't make a huge jump. All right, that's fine. He was pretty good second half of the year. It's just don't regress. Mm-hmm. Now it's about okay, now can Cam Hart be more consistent? Because if you look at how the way they played together down the stretch, it's pretty good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. And the good thing is, is they're going to have at least two games to kind of get their feet wet a little bit against Navy and Tennessee State, where, you know, look, Navy's going to test you with some. I mean, Cam Hart gave up a big play against Navy last year. One of the few big plays he gave up last year was against Navy, where he got caught peeking in the backfield, had a little just kind of bumped into one of his guys, yeah. and then go guy runs by him. It, those are the things that Cam has to eliminate, right? And then they didn't play Benjamin early, brought him in the second half, and he played great. Hopefully, they don't make that mistake again. Uh, by not playing him. And as as you'll read, it, we actually have an article at IrishBreakdown.com by Sean Styers where, you know, it was from the interview he did with uh, the, the guy that, that covers Navy. Navy's going to change their offense a little bit. They're still saying they're going to run the triple option, but they're going to throw the ball more. They're going to be a little – They're going like to use the tight end more. It's, it's going to look a lot different. And so your yeah. corners are going to have to play better, and, and even more is going to be put on them when you're facing, when you're facing Navy now. And so your corners are going to have – so they're going to get tested, but again, it's not, you're not playing Marvin Harrison. Right. And Emeka Buka and Cardinal Tate and Julian Fleming and Brandon Ennis and Noah Rogers and Keon Graves and all those other guys, right? It's, it's, it's not that. So you're going to have some, some games to kind of build up to that where you're not just being thrown into that fire in game one. Which, yeah. And I think that should help the Notre Dame cornerbacks kind of get, get up to speed with that. And the other thing that should help them too this year, Vince, is I think that, that the offensive receiver position is so much better this year which should help test them more. And we saw that in the spring. Yeah. And, and we'll call. see that even more in the summer and fall. Good call. I don't think people think about that as much, yeah. you know, about what they're seeing at practice uh, yeah. as opposed to in the past. I mean, a year ago, a year ago right now, it, you know, the competition just wasn't there at practice. Let's just put it mm-hmm. that way. Right. And uh, that has obviously changed for the better. Uh, for Notre Dame, and, and offensively and defensively, so that's right. Uh, so those, so those are the the two guys that obviously are getting the accolades. Those are the guys that you know, obviously Notre Dame is counting on, no doubt about. Yeah, that. Yeah, and those are guys are going to determine if this position yes. group is going to be elite. They can't be no elite doubt. without these two. They can Correct. still be. They can still be somewhat elite if everything else goes perfect. If the rest right. of it doesn't, but the rest Absolutely. of it is going to play a very important role, especially Absolutely. if there's an injury or one of these guys doesn't step up or. Let's well, be honest about something else too, Vince. Playing a lot of teams like throw the football this year. Well, exactly. And and so, let's also be very clear here. You know, you have to rotate your corners. I mean, that's just the reality of college football for the most part. I mean, depth guys are going to have to be involved. Can I can I say one thing? Sure. No. I'm very curious how the new rules are going to impact that. Yes, that's a good call. With the clock two, not stopping. In two regards. Like Number one is the clock not stopping. How does that impact? teams on offense rotating in the sure. middle of the series, which then could impact corner play. But then number two, how does it impact the pace of the game? Sure. And the number of plays you play in a game. Sure. Now, I still think it's good to to, to rotate your corners in most games. You're not going to do it against Ohio State, ideally. You're not going to do it against USC, ideally. 
but can you do it against NC State and Central sure. Michigan and Tennessee State and and Duke and Louisville, and it not hurt you? That's going to be the question. Absolutely, and Absolutely. and that's what we're going to find out. And I know Vince that there's one guy in particular, yes, that we have yeah. our eye on for this. Well, and a year ago, right now, you know, the freshman sensation coming out of spring practice was Jaden Mickey, and he was the one that everybody was talking about. Rightfully so, had a great spring last year. Uh, more on the early side than the later side, but still a great spring for a early enrollee freshman. So everybody was talking about Jaden Mickey and what he was going to be able to do. He hit a little bit of a freshman wall, I would say, a little bit. But at the same time, he was also overshadowed by Benjamin Morrison, who we just talked about. Right. I mean, that that definitely played a, played a role in it as well. But sophomore season for Jaden Mickey is going to be a huge, huge year for him because he's right there. He's like... He's he's the next guy in essentially. He's your sixth man at the cornerback position. So what is he going to bring to the table? And has he had an opportunity to kind of take that next step and be a guy who got a lot of playing time last year? But can he be more consistent moving forward? Well, that's where we'll find out, right? And and right, I and exactly. the encouraging thing is that he did play well this spring. Uh, I, I thought he played very well this spring. I think what happened to Jaden early is is not that his confidence was shot. Because I don't, I don't think his confidence got shot. I just think putting him in the situation they did against Ohio State, where he got beat for the touchdown, I think kind of messed with his head a little bit. Sure. And then it also messed with them a little bit to where they weren't allowing him to come up and play as aggressively in coverage and do some of those things. So he was getting a lot of passes completed on him right in front of him. You know, like you watch the USC game and they're just catching stop routes right in front of him because they're just bailing him. Right. Like that shows me you have no faith in your corner. So how can you expect him to have faith in you or himself when you're not showing faith in him? Sure. And I understand that he was put into a tough situation, you know, having to replace Cam Hart, who had gotten hurt the game before. You know, so Jaden comes out, he's got a new number, he's got number seven on, and mm-hmm. I thought he played good football. I think the big thing for Jaden Mickey is he is not he is a he is a pretty good athlete, but he's not an elite athlete. And I would argue that Benjamin Morrison's not an elite athlete either. He's not a four three guy, and 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 sure. those type. He's not going to jump forty two inches at the combine. He's a very good athlete. But the thing about Benjamin Morrison is he's incredibly technically proficient. And I think the thing with Jaden is because he's not an elite athlete, meaning he's not six two and a half like and and a four four like Cam Hart. Cam Hart can make mistakes and still make a play or still cover a guy because he's six two and a half, almost six three and runs a 4-4 and has super long arms, Sure, right? When Jaden Mickey and Benjamin Morrison make technical mistakes, they get hurt. And with Benjamin, he just didn't make a ton. I mean, notice we didn't talk a lot about Benjamin needs to improve his technique during that session. Now, of course he does to a degree. Every freshman needs to get better. Sure. And, and, And so, like, you know, defending the deep ball, he's got to do a better job there. But overall, his technique is very sound. Jaden was was for a freshman had solid technique, but when it compares to you've got to go cover the other team's best receivers, Vince, his technique w- would get him in trouble at times. Right, and I think that that they put a little too much on him early because he's very smart, and this is a mistake that I think coaches make with really smart freshmen is they forget. Yes, this kid's really smart, but he's still a freshman. Mm-hmm. And then game one, you're going to put him in a one on one situation over the over the middle of the field. After the other team saw that your starter went down and and you're in a timeout and it just was that was on the coaches oh, yeah. to me more than Jay. We all, we all saw that one coming. Yeah, a mile away. 
because we talked about it in the timeout. Remember that? We we were sitting in the press box for like, they're going right at him, right at 21. And they did. And But that, again, like you said, that's good coaching. I mean, on Ohio State side, that's good coaching. Right. And on Notre Dame side, that's not good coaching. You didn't protect your freshman in the first game of the season, you know, and that's unfortunate for sure. But so so they can't make that mistake again. Right. Now, (laughs) we're going to find out if Jaden – is able to improve his game as well because this, it's not all on the coaching like his his that play was but overall right, his right, freshman right. season was not on the coaches and and that's not I know that's not what you're saying yeah, right. so what does Jaden got to do to improve maintain your confidence it's great I love that you love the talk I love that you're confident that's fine sure. don't change a thing but now you've got to go back it up and how do you back it up you back it up with consistent play consistent technique efficient footwork uh, being stronger which is something all the freshmen need to get better at the other thing too is, is 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 understand your role in the scheme. And the problem that Jaden had, and this is something we talked about last spring because we saw this happen to him a couple times, is he's too aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he'll take that first bite and he'll jump on it. And that's the thing that I that I liked in the spring game, Vince, and and not even the play that he he intercepted the pass. That was just a bad ball. Uh, but in the other concepts where they went after him, it's like he just he trusted his technique, he stayed within the system. He didn't try to make a play. You make a play by not trying to make a play. You make a play by staying within the framework of the scheme and trusting your technique. And then if the ball comes, then you make a play on the ball. Not trying to anticipate, gee, I think they're going to throw a hitch here. Because you may get it right one time, but the next time they're running a pump and go and you're giving up a 60-yard touchdown. It, the pass breakup the first time wasn't worth it to right. give up a 60-yard the second time. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so uh, those are areas where he's going to have to improve. Now – his game is that of uh, this year is going to be that of more of a field corner, most likely, but I could see a scenario where he has to play a little bit of both. And I think he is going to be a key to Notre Dame being able to go out and rotate a corner exactly and be able to maintain a high level of play because the more Jaden Mickey can come in and ro- as a rotation guy and you don't miss a beat, and you know you're gonna have to alter your coverage because you're not gonna ask him to do exactly sure. what Cam Hart's doing. And you got to be smart about right. it. You, and Benjamin I mean? Morrison's doing. But if he can come in and let's say give you, you know, 15 snaps as the field, maybe 10 as the boundary, all of a sudden he gets 25 snaps a game. That's pretty good. But you now took 15 snaps a game off of Cam Hart's, you know, shoulders, literally, literally. You know, and yeah. and so that's the thing is, and then if you can do that in nine games. Maybe some games you're even getting 20 snaps because maybe you know you're you're pulling away and, and Cam can come off the field for 20, 30 snaps and because the, the fourth sure. quarter you're up big. Now all of a sudden his legs are fresh when you're when the when the team from Columbus comes to town. And then his legs are fresh when the team from LA comes to town. And then his legs are fresh when you head down to Clemson, South Carolina. Sure. Right. And that's going to be key. And it's partly you're as a team blowing people out when you need to, but it's also can can Jane Mickey come in. But here's the reality, Vince. That all sounds great. But if your cornerback isn't if the, if there's a big gap in play, you just can't afford to do that against right. any opponent worth of, worth anything. That's the NC States, the Dukes, the Louisvilles, the Wake Forest, the Pitts. You're not gonna be able to put Jaden Mickey in there for more than a couple plays here and there if he's not able to play at a high level. And that's that's I mean that's he has to. I mean he has to, he has to step up. But that's the unknown. And we kind of you know during pregame here we kind of put together like when we're going to talk about guys, he's in a category all by himself. And, and there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's a reason for that based on what he was able to do last year 
and what we think he's going to be capable of doing this year, being kind of the first guy in, uh, in, in relief of the two guys we just talked about. And, and the first two guys we talked about, we're talking about them at, you know, all American status, like top six, top five, top 10, you know, cornerback duos in the country. So, you know, that's going to be a big, this is a big opportunity for Jaden Mickey in his true sophomore season to prove his worth in this secondary, in a very good secondary, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, and I'm not saying this is his last chance. This is not his last, necessarily his last opportunity, but there's talent behind him. And so this is his best opportunity, not his last, but his best. Oh, sure. He's going to get really plenty of opportunities. Himself. It's right. just the focus. The reason there's a stress in the focus is not because, gee, if he doesn't do it this year, he's never going to get another chance. It's they need him to they be that him. guy. Absolutely. This year. Yes. And they need yes. him to come in and, and be effective and 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 be a guy that that can handle coverage. I mean, that's the right. thing is not just come in and play zone and don't get beat. But can you come in and make plays? That's the question. Yes. Can Jaden come in and make plays? Right. And and they're going to need him to do that. And if right. he can, he's going to have a big impact this year. If he can't, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the drop off between one and two, and then every you know between your ones, I should say, and then your twos is is going to be too great to where right. Hey Cam, we need you. We can't we can't afford you to come off the you field against Ohio State. Yeah, can't you can't afford to have you come off the field against USC because we know where they're going to go with the ball. That's a tough and, position uh, to be if in. If you too. do that, that's fine. I mean, that's corners did that for a long time, right? Corners oh, never sure. came off the field for a long time. But it's just in for today's sure. game, when teams are rotating receivers more and 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 right. and they're throwing all these different things at you, you know, that little second of man, my legs are tired is what gets you beat in the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And and so if you cannot be in that situation and Cam's fresh in the fourth quarter and Benjamin's fresh in the fourth quarter. Even better. And you're you're in a much much better situation. Right. So Jaden Mickey's going to have a very important role for Notre Dame this year. There's no doubt about it. He's right. got the confidence for it, Vince. No doubt. It's just he's not a real big guy. He's like what about five eleven? He's got okay length, not elite length. He just cannot afford to not be in the right position. Yeah. And again, he's not he's not unathletic by any stretch. He's a good athlete, but because he's not really big, and he's not an elite athlete, there's just nothing Technique. great about him tools wise that's why he has to use this and this at a high level and when he does that he's fine i mean we've seen here's the thing too vince we're not resting on his high school film and saying gee we hope that freshman guy can be back we've seen him do it in practice we've seen him do it at times in games you know we saw him do it in the spring game it's like hey give me that guy right there more often that's going to be the key and that's sort of a story with a lot of these corners is like we know the tools are there we've seen you do it in a notre dame uniform now I just need you to do it consistently. And that's going to be the key for him this season. And sure. and um, the better he plays, the more confidence that they're going to have in him. Because, look, he's going to play in games, Vince, right? The question is, do they just go, okay, Jaden's in. Let's play off ball, off ball. Let's just play zone to that side. We'll give up a hitch route. We'll let our, we'll buzz it. We'll, you know, we'll do some different things. We'll protect them. Or when he's in there, do you say, okay, we're going to just keep doing what we're doing? Because we know this kid can handle it and we know – Hey, if I got to go cover one or cover zero when Jade's in the game, that's cool because he can do it too. Yeah. That's going to be the difference. Or, man, I'd, I'd like to go it's third and five. I'd like to go, you know, cover zero here with this blitz we locked. But, man, Cam's on the sideline and Jaden's in the game and Jaden can't handle that. Well, I guess we're going to have to go zone all of a sudden. They complete a little, little short route and then they just put that drive together. They need Jaden to be able to say, hey, coach, whatever you wanted to call here, call because I got this. And that's going to be the key. And the more sure. he can do that, 
you know, the, obviously the better he's going to be and the better the cornerback position group is going to be. But he, to me, is, is you know, the starters have to be good for this to be an elite group. But to really put yourself in the echelon of, hey, we have the best cornerback rotation in the country or one of the two or three, it's got to be more than just the starters. And and he's going to be – and he's not the only one, but he's a big, Correct. big piece of that conversation. Yep. 